Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the China Shop. You made it and we're so thrilled you're here. We've got an exciting episode for you today. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialLeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, all things considered. All things considered, right? That life shit just keeps popping up. I, I just, yeah, things just keep happening, it seems like. No rest for the wicked, or no rest for All the right. traitor, as it were. Uh, okay, so here in the shop, another brilliant interview episode. We are joined today by Andrew <laughs> of the Montana <laughs> I hear. <laughs> are there Montana <laughs> No, no. I yeah, just... <laughs> definitely. <laughs> they killed my father. Wait, did I miss a good Western? <laughs> ah, okay. Oh, definitely. I'm definitely associated with them. Yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, Andrew, you, I mean, we kind of ran across you on Twitter because I saw you posting yeah. some amazing uh, just like psychology insights. And that's something that we've been kind of diving into more recently. Would you tell us a little, just a little bit about your background, like how you got started, uh, strategies, what you trade, that kind of stuff? Yeah, totally. So I'm uh, I'm an intraday futures trader, mostly on the ES. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I uh, I jump on NQ and get ulcers. Um, but mostly, (laughs) mostly ES, um, intraday scalping, um, some intraday like swing or position trading. Um, I trade kind of a combination of order flow and, and levels and, you know, technical analysis stuff. But, you know, I think like most of us, you know, just trying to get in there and take advantage of what other people are doing, uh, day to day. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it for a little bit, a few years. Uh, I think the, uh, you know, 2020 got a lot of people psyched, um, and probably myself included. So did a lot of like position trading in 2020 with stocks, uh, before kind of just wanting to dedicate more time to it and then, and then getting into futures and, you know, and then so obsessive, you know, uh, trading, like (laughs) once you get into it, you're just like, like how far can I go down the rabbit hole? So and it's a never-ending rabbit hole, it seems like, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's kind of like the beauty of it, though, isn't it? You know, you just like, I think right. every guy every guy needs like a an endless project. So <laughs> trading sort of that. It, it really right. is endless, isn't it? Yeah, the never-ending woodwork. It's endless. Yeah. Like you need something, you know, you need something to keep you busy. Otherwise, otherwise you make poor choices. How do you do that then? Like, what do you do to keep yourself busy? Like, how do you keep yourself from executing something that you know you shouldn't? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I often execute stuff I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> just totally like, you know, uh, I, I mean, honestly, guys, like I, like I work a lot as well as trade. So, um, you know, like full-time job, mm. um, I run a, I run another business on the side as well as like have clients that I work for. So, um, very busy over here. So I, I typically only trade the first, uh, like two hours of the day. Um, and then just kind of watch the market the rest of the time with this, like on lock, you know, trying to, to not do both, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, impulse control was such a massive 
thing to handle. Like if you're sitting at a desk all day, like with watching the market out of the corner of your eye, mm-hmm. um, not getting in there. I mean, that seems like the biggest, that was like the biggest thing to, you know, even get some kind of positive PNL uh, when I first started trading futures was just like, stop clicking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, right. So, yeah. So I spend a lot of time, I spend, I spend half my day just trying not to click. Like, <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I've watched way too many YouTube videos just trying to to keep my mind off of the uh, like if I don't see a setup like uh, I'll wait for it to come to this level. What can I do in the meantime? Yeah, you know, and if, if I've like banked good points in the morning like often I'll just like I'll close it down and just like get outside for a minute, you know? Like I sometimes trading gets you in that like um and you kind of build that fever pitch mindset. You're just like in it, like you're so psyched and you've you know, you've like banked some points and you're like hungry for more and even when the setup's not there, like you can't help, but you know, like get involved. And so, yeah, I, I, sometimes I'll, I'll take like, um, like I'll head out for a couple hours in the middle of the day, like go for a bike ride, um, Mm -hmm. like walk the dog or whatever. And, you know, and then I'll like come back and I'll like, I'll like work my, my like day job stuff in the evening, you know, like in Globex (laughs) when like, and then like, gosh, then if you get yourself in a trade, it's like, it's like more of a nightmare, but at least it's slow. So you like lose money slower. I hate Globex because for me, it feels like I'm watching my stops get hit in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) The inevitable pain is coming. It's that scene from Austin Powers when he's like yelling at the steamroller to stop moving. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. One of the best things I've done is like stop trading that garbage. I don't know if you guys like I love fast pace, like the first couple hours, but like if I'm like down in a position, like it's unpleasant, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably the case for, all, but like Globex is like a thousand times worse. Right. Cause you're like down for an hour and a half. Yeah. Sometimes you know? it takes half an hour for a 10 tick candle to close. It's, oh, it's sometimes it's insane. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, it's none of my business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what the, the, you said, do you, you intraday trade? So you're not yep. like swinging things. If you're doing futures, I assume it's more of a, uh, like, are you more of a scalper, like looking for like yeah. quick hits, like two, three points here and there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, like this morning, you know, like, uh, like probably a lot of us, I was on the, I was on the long bandwagon off the open um, and just, you know, and I'm just trading it. So I'm trading, even that I'm trading like a rotation, right? So like I hit a breakout and then I ride it to a consolidation. I scale out. Like if we break out of that consolidation, I hit it again. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm on like a 20 or sorry, a 2K tick chart. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, but I'm not, uh, I'm not like a 1.2 point guy. Like I like to try to get in typically with like a a pretty tight stop and try to ride a a move for 10 or 15 or 20. If, if in this market, you know, like we've had such range. Um, so like you can kind of keep your risk tight and if you get on the right side of it, like just kind of hang on for a minute, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. You said you, you started in 2020. Uh, I'm assuming that you started with like stocks and options. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how did you, I wonder how you graduated from to that to futures. Like what got you hooked on that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I had been like investing for a while, you know, and then like kind mm-hmm. of trading like a couple of, you know, you're just like not really paying attention. And then like, like you know, like 2020 was so active and, uh, yeah, so I, I got into that and I was, you know, like trading all the big names, like the obvious stuff that was going up was like so easy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to just kind of like get involved and like ride it and then like exit and then like, I don't know, get a pizza and then like look the next day for like what's happening. And uh, then the market changed a little bit, you know, 2021. And I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, I'll start selling options. Uh, like that'll be, that's a smart thing to do. And 
So I went down that road. <laughs> I spent a lot of energy on that. Um, and you know, what I found was just like totally a control freak. So the idea that you'd have like, like you'd sell, you know, you'd sell a put, buy a put, like take the spread, you know, burn the theta and there'd be all this wibble wobble in between. Like it just wasn't for me. It was too, it was, I don't know. It was just, I couldn't control it in the way that I wanted to, you know? And, and like mm-hmm. the, the idea that you'd have like a 90% win rate just was not interesting. Um, to me, just because of the the pain of like holding the position right for a week and a half, yeah, it's just like too much, you know. And yeah. like I'm not a rocket scientist, so it was it was a little bit like I know a lot of people think it's cool to know all this stuff about options, and like I've learned it all, and then was like this sucks, uh, <laughs> you know, this is stupid. Like honestly, I was like I'd rather like my job is better than this, you know what I mean? Like I was like I actually like working better than selling options, so um, so I'm just gonna do that. So then I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to stop selling these stupid options. And, uh, and then we had, um, you know, a little bit of time, things kind of were doing nothing. And I started just, ah, the curiosity, you know, of like leverage products Mm -hmm. and directional, like, Oh, cool. Like, you know, at first it was just like a futures contract is an option without theta. Like, this will be cool. Let me try that. You know? And then, and then you take a couple of dingers and you're like, Oh, kind of the same. Yeah. It's like crack almost. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you like you like blow up a a two thousand dollar account, and then you're like, oh, okay, I guess this is the same thing I was doing with selling options, just m- much faster. Much, fa- yeah, exactly. Yeah, the tilt was different. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so I kind of just I, I kind of just moved over towards that because it was it seemed like the most pure product, to be honest. You know, like you spend enough time in options, and you realize the like the level of manipulation, and you know, we see that just in the way markets move. But mm-hmm. um, it felt like futures at least gave me kind of the best chance to be less manipulated um and whether that's true or not that's kind of the the case is like bare bones and that took me down the road right once you're in futures then you like you start looking at like order flow and like footprints and all that sort of stuff and so yeah and then you know then you're just like you're you're done for like you're mm-hmm. hooked. you're hooked oh the uh oh god what was i gonna say then Shit. Uh, you, God, damn it. You said something and it triggered something in my head and I can't remember what it was. It was something to do with the options or the, the futures, like getting into mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. that rabbit hole. Ah, mm. All right. Hang on. Let me. No, no I got nothing there. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but I kind of went through a similar path uh, as you did, though, I think. Um, yeah. uh, started out with like, you know, long term investor for, for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. then started dabbling with options. I, I shied away from them for the longest time uh, and then got into the selling options like, oh, you know, 90% of these things expire worthless or whatever the percentage is like that's where I want to yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. I'm so clever. So then I was messing around with, <laughs> yeah, cover calls and uh, cash secured mm-hmm. puts and, uh, uh, you know, trying to just, you know, increase the the return on the positions that I was holding. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I hated about selling an options contract is you have no control over when it exercises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes you want to roll it over. Like, you know, when you got a week left until expiration, like I'll roll mm-hmm. this over the next month. And then you go mm-hmm. log into your account and like, Oh shit, where do my shares go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I felt like I was just like, I was like caught in all these like options webs, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, like I'd like to roll this one, but then maybe I'll add like, actually I'm going to turn this one into like a fly, you know? And like, I'm going to do it. And it's just like, what a nightmare. You know what I end up doing? I end up paying fees. Mm. It's like, okay, cool. Like what a, what a pain in the ass. And what's the other thing that, uh, the other thing that I always hate is when you, you know, you get the move that you want, but it takes too long. So the theta burns away any <laughs> profit that you'd have. And you find out that you're right back where you started. Truly guys. Like I'd rather work at home Depot, you know? <laughs> 
Like it's insane. Right. You know, like <laughs> you're over there, you're like, yes, like like I was I had like sold some I'd like sold a spread in Goldman, you know, like uh and I was like, mm-hmm. this is I got like this huge move in the morning, but I still had like forty five days left on the damn thing. So then it was like, Oh, I made forty seven cents. Right. You know, too so, much time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like how many things do I have to be right on? You know what I mean? Like I'm not like I'm just not right that much, you know? Like so Yeah. Well, I finally started having better success when I started sizing my options, like treating them as a swing and mm. all or nothing. Mm. Like I'm either going to hit my take profit or it's going to expire worthless. And that's when mm-hmm. I finally started to have better luck with it. Oh, interesting. Interesting. But I also had to reduce my position size in order to allow for that. So I'm not, you know, taking, you know, this three, four figure losses on, uh, you know, something oh. that shouldn't be that big. Of- <laughs> totally. It's like, it's like even more out of your control than normal. Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But I, I like what you said about the futures just feeling like more of a pure product. Um, I mean, everybody sees the same order book, so mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. hiding that. There's no dark mm-hmm. pools. Mm-hmm. Um, the rotations just feel more like it feels more structure based, like it follows it better. Yeah. You know, you can like you can just like show up every day and like farm the same field is how it felt to me, too. Like like I felt like, you know, I had my watch list and like, oh, cool. Like today's tech's moving today or like, oh, like healthcare's moving today. I was like watching all these sectors. And then I was like, you know, I'm like, am I buying calls in a like, you know, in XLF? Like, what am I doing here today? You know, and it was it felt like every morning I had to do all this work to try to figure out even where I should be playing, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, and you got to be an expert on every different asset too that you want to trade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, we're all kind of here for the easy money, aren't we? <laughs> you know, and not that it's easy, but I'm just saying, like, oh my gosh, like chasing that around or like having a gaps list, all that like, is just like such bullshit. It's like, so you know, like <laughs> ES is like, okay, you know what? ES sometimes it doesn't move real great. Like sometimes it moves real slow, and you're like bored to death. But I don't have to go. Like I can have a committed relationship with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. cool. Like there we go. Like, I know how you work, baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever dabble with uh, currencies or Forex or anything like that? No, I mean, like, I'm underwater in, like, a tiny Ethereum position just for funsies. Um, oh. <laughs> I think I am too at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I think I was like, I, I like bought it because the price was so ridiculous. I was like, I'm going to bookmark this price. This is stupid. And, you know, like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. It's like down 70% or something stupid, you know? Yeah. Well, one of the reasons why we, we kind of found you and wanted to talk to you is because of the, the psycholo- psychology-focused posts that you were posting uh, on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, like, how long did it take you to start to realize that that was such a big part of your growth as a trader? Like, Yeah. No, that's a super good question. Um, so it's always been a big part of my life. So coming from like day job work in film and animation, a lot of character psychology. So like I spent a lot mm-hmm. of time studying that in college and then like doing character performance work, um, not like as an actor, but like, uh, you know, as like a creator. So um, oh. really trying to like get into the head of, of what the personalities were. And so that's been, you know, then that goes over to like, well, what's my personality? Like what's in my head? And so the, I've spent a lot of time. I mean, I've spent the last 15 years kind of just like tracking my own thoughts Hmm. as I go through like business development, as I go through like the struggles of like, you know, it's like a performance based career um, in film. And so, you know, like what's going on in my head. So that was just something I was like really familiar with. So then when I got into trading, you know, like all of us, like I thought it was about accounting. Like I was like, I'm going to, I've got to learn accounting. Like I'm not a math guy, but like I'll get this done, you know? And then the more people I talked to, you know, the more things I saw, uh, I just realized like, oh my gosh, like 
this is not like this has almost nothing to do with accounting right you know like once like once you get like i got spreadsheets guys but you know what i realized was like that's not i still like my brain still blows up the spreadsheet you know um and so i just realized like oh my gosh like this is so much about who you are and like your mindset and like what are you trying to get in the market like what does the market do and like how does that affect your decision making and um yeah and so then i just kind of started to chase that down do you know what i mean kind of like let me lean on the skills that i have Mm -hmm. and uh and try to express that and then twitter was just kind of fun like i sort of got on there just to like make some friends in the market like it's just like kind of a lonely game and thought i'd make some like connections and and that seems to have worked but i you know i didn't really have anything else to give twitter except for like my thoughts about psychology so i just kind of went for it um and i think Mm -hmm. it's been you know it's been cool because i think it's been helpful to people and i think like folks have responded well and you know hopefully like i don't know hopefully some of those like wanderings in the woods of my own have like given people some insight to the, how they're thinking and what they're doing. Yeah. I think so. Uh, the, the, the problem is though, that the new trader, the person who could probably benefit most from hearing those messages has no idea that that's a message that they need to hear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. They're like wrapped up in, in all the indicators and services and like a quick buck and all that bullshit stuff. Yeah. I, I remember when we first started, I mean, we were chasing setups, like trying to find like, you know, okay, mm. what's a good setup to use? And mm-hmm. then finally you learn, you know, two years later, like oh, the setup is not necessarily that important. Like how well can you follow and execute oh, it is more important. Totally. Yeah. Like, oh, that setup I see once every three weeks, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally right. Like I was, I was like a setup encyclopedia when I first started too, you know, I think it's like a, you know, and I was like really proud of that. I was like, I, I know every setup in the universe, you know, and it was like, <laughs> and I lose money on every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are your favorite setups then? Speaking of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I tend to, um, I tend to like to go with whatever moves happening. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm not like a big fader. Um, so I often kind of joke like, Oh, I'm in here buying the high again. Um, uh, so I'll totally buy, buy breakouts and you just have to kind of be careful with that. Right. And know that like yeah. who's under, who's underneath you. Um, but I like those. So I like, I think sometimes you can get going with the trend, man, you can just like work that tight stop. So I'm all about that. Um, my, you know, the more time I spend, just like you said, so the more time I spend, you know, at first it was like, oh, you know, like the 30 minute opening range breakout and the 30 second opening range breakout. And the more time I spend with this, the more I realize what I want to do is I want to look at, so I use a TPO, I use a 15 minute chart, swing highs, swing lows. Um, and then I'm on that little tiny tick chart. And I basically just want to look at where other people are positioned, you know, where, where do I think stops are? Where are we going to put pressure on that? Um, mm-hmm. What areas are going to be defended? And so I've kind of moved away from like really. Um, you know, ABC setups, like it, this is the setup, you know, and like I could take a picture of it and I could share it with you. And I've moved more, right. much more towards like, you know, can I map out where some positions are and like, who's in trouble? Like, where can I find, um, you know, some support? Like, you know, they're not going to want it to go below this or they're not going to want it to go above that. And, um, you know, like today we had on ES, we had uh, somebody was holding 95 pretty hard um, selling that area. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, that was like pretty cool. So like that's a totally tra- that's a tradable setup for me. You know, it's, it's like, well, cool. Mm-hmm. Like if we break this thing with some force, like we can really move. And obviously we didn't. Um, and so you go, cool. Like if we can't like then all these stops that are building up are going to get flushed out. So, um, right. 
that's you know, so it's I, that's totally a setup. But um, how often are we going to see that? You know, uh, every couple of weeks, maybe. That was pretty weird. Uh, it seems like sometimes they uh, they're. I mean, like the one today was huge. Uh, yeah, it's huge. Yes, yeah, it's huge. I haven't yeah. seen one that big, and granted, yeah. I, I haven't been doing it for this long. But I mean, yeah. you know, two thousand, three thousand lot icebergs like those those pop up fairly regularly. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, like, and I love. I'll tell you, man. I think like all of us, like guys in futures who dabble in order flow, like love a good iceberg. Oh, you know? I love one. Yeah, love it. I love a good iceberg right off the open. Somebody throws down and starts absorbing off the open. I know we're going one way, big. You know. Like oh, I love right. it, but like that's pretty <laughs> rare too. You know what I mean? You're like, if it happens, I want to be aware of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I can't show up every day being like, that's my setup. It's like I know, right? I'm just gonna starve to death. So it sounds like you're a lot more intuitive than you're focused a lot more on, like you said, DOM reading and order flow. Totally, yeah, very discretionary. Which is, you know, that's a problem if you know if you don't have like a if you don't have the mental uh, part handled. You know, we're making all these like discretionary decisions. So every time I try to introduce like more order flow, I feel like it sets me back. Oh, for because sure. the longer I stare at like a dom, like the easier it is to justify something that's not there. Oh, you have to have like you have to like before. I mean, and I think over time you have to set your conviction and like not waver. Like I am going mm-hmm. to do this today. Like I am intending to do this right here. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And when you get in the dom, there's no, there can be no like, there can be no like, oh, I don't know. Let me just try this out. Like, cause then before you know it, you're like 30 points off size, you know? And uh, that's, that happens to me way too often when I hear that <laughs> voice in my head, like, oh, I just want to give this a try. Like, that's oh. not my, like, no more. Nope. You're not trading nope. this. <laughs> nope. No. Nope. Yeah. No. That's so what I've, what I've, I mean, I've been there too. And, and, uh, you know, even still, like, sometimes I'm like, I'm going to try this out. Well, like, Thankfully, it was a third size position or something, you know, you just like mm-hmm. realize you're being a dumbass and you move on. But um, one of the things that I've found in that moment, so like instead of asking the question like, is like, you know, like I should try this because then you you start wiggling your stop around, you start like scaling mm-hmm. into like the wrong direction is is instead is when I try to interact with the Dom, I ask myself, like, is this a turn? And I give myself a two point or a three point stop, like something pretty tight. And I just put it in and say, is this a turn? So the question for me isn't like, this could work. It's, you know, it's like, I wonder if this is it. And then in that, like, I'll, all of a sudden I have an intention of why I'm putting the order in. Ah, I see. Do you know what I mean? And so it's a subtle difference, but like, I can take stops a lot easier if I just go, I wonder if that's the turn. And I hit it. And then if it works, I'm like, hey, that was the turn. And then I like add to it. You know, I'm like, sweet. Right. And if it, if it comes back and it stops me out, I'm like, no, it wasn't the turn. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Because I know there have been a million instances where, like, I'll pick a level, like, okay, this is my pullback mm-hmm. level, and I'll get in the trade, and mm-hmm. I'll see the price action confirm this was not a pullback level. They're not selling or buying here like <laughs> like I anticipated. Yeah. But, like, I've got that yeah. stop, and I'm like, well, I've got time. We'll see. But I've got that voice in my head being like, totally. yeah, but you what you're expect what you were expecting didn't happen and i'm like convincing myself to stay yeah. in the trade too long oh man mm. that like that is the moment right so like if if you can and it's this case for me too like it's not perfect operation over here you know but like if in that moment that's like the crossroads that's important is like am i wondering about you know opening up to this idea more to find out if it's right like if i can stop there and be like no 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 like you behave the way i am expecting you to behave or i'm out of here 
uh, if I can make that mm-hmm. right decision, you know, if I can make that the right decision 90% of the time, like I can have a, I can have, you know, great months basically. And if I can't, then like I open myself up to all kinds of wishy-washy garbage in my P&L. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, What's your plan? Like, how do you stop yourself when you start to find yourself straying like outside of your plan? Like when you start getting a little too loosey goosey and taking more losses? Okay, that's a great that is a great question because um, we all do it, right? And you start mm-hmm. to expand. You're like, oh, you know what? My two point stop should probably be a six point stop, and then you're like, I should scale into this, and then I should move this down, and give it forty seven points of range, and <laughs> you know, okay, yeah. So I find I find usually that it's motivated from something else. So like, I try to keep. So I know in my stats, if my win rate gets too high, I have a problem. Mm. Um, it's one of the first identifiers for me. If my win rate is too high, it means I'm being too cautious. It means I'm being like, I'm starting to get afraid to lose. And so often I'll tighten up my stop and just see how it, it sounds so artsy fartsy guys, but like, I see how it makes me feel like to take the stop a couple of times. If I start getting irritated and frustrated, then I have like a PNL attachment issue. So then I go, look, this isn't, this isn't where I need to be. And I'll, I'll be honest. The way I fix it is I like go fly fishing, like get out, mm-hmm. go out into the woods. This is the way I deal with it. Um, and I just remember like kind of what this is all about. Like, Markets are meaningless. Like this is all just like a bunch of meaningless garbage. And I'm here to make, you know, the most of that meaninglessness, but ultimately like I have to detach. And so um, if I start making those decisions, I have to move away from, you know, whatever that attachment is. Uh, Again, a lot of times like I'll set goals. Like I'm, you know, I think we all do that, right? Like I'm intending Mm -hmm. to have this monthly goal or like I want to build my account to X, Y, Z, or even just like there's opportunity in this market right now. And I don't want to miss out on that opportunity, you know? And Mm. those things often make me make weird decisions. And so when I start doing that, um, I start like, you know, I review my trades at the end of every day. And when I see a couple that got a little off sides or I, you know, I like, I like open the stop up and then added to it. And maybe I even got out. Okay. A lot of times, you know, it rotates back your way. Right. You get out, you get out all right, you know? And, um, I've just found that, uh, that's, that's always pretty much like, a like an attachment issue. It's not usually for me, different for everybody. It's not so much that I don't want to be wrong. Right. It's like, well, I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't want to go backwards or, um, I don't know. I, I assume something about trading for me. It's, it's like it starts to erode my confidence in what I'm doing. Like when I start oh, taking yeah. like six losses in a row, doing like following, you know, the set strategy and like actually sticking to it. And I take those losses and then I start to question like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with my setup? When, you know, six losses isn't a big deal though. I mean, that's, that's well with it. When you're looking at a 40% win rate, like that's going to happen. Totally. Oh, that's a great point. You know, and you, I mean, I've, I've absolutely been there and then you go like, oh, well maybe I'm just like trading wrong and I should like mm-hmm. open this up a little bit. Um, and I think, I think that's where being really sure, oh, you got to put so much time in it. Just like being really sure about what you're going to interact with. So, you know, in this market, again, I've been trading with a really tight stop the last few weeks and and if it's getting hit like three times, I might mm-hmm. be right. But what I'm trying to take in that information as is like, yeah, but this moment's not your moment, you know? So mm-hmm. like, this isn't your moment, man. And it might go up and you might be kind of right about this level, but the way it's working isn't giving you access. Like, you know, like she doesn't want to cuddle, like get off, yeah. get off the <laughs> market, you know? And I think that's like, that's been really helpful to me, you know, like. Read between the lines, man. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. you Why know? do you think it's so hard to step away sometimes? I mean, I know I have a hard mm-hmm. time. Like when I feel like mm-hmm. I'm not at my, you know, peak performance, 
oh. like taking the making the decision to just close up shop and like you know just go come back tomorrow. How hard is it to close up shop when you're green? You know, like not that hard, probably a lot easier. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Yeah. So I think you feel like you have unfinished business, you know, and you feel like, uh, like, I don't want to leave it like this. I don't want to leave this mess. Like I'm a right. I, I think a lot of us too. a lot of type A's in the market. So, you know, like when we start a job, we want to finish the job. And when we like get in there and you take a couple hits and you just it it's it turns in the um maybe it's fight or flight, but I just think it kind of makes us like aggressive and you know, makes us want to get in there and, and finish what we started. And we often finish what we started with a blown account, right. you know? Um, so I, I think, I think that's a big part of it for me anyway. It's, yeah, I'll say, I agree with you guys. It's harder for me to walk away when I'm red. I just mean, even like before the day even starts, like if you oh. didn't get enough sleep the night before, or you slept in and uh, like, didn't get your morning routine or yeah. take your, your mental stock of yourself. And like, there's just too many external things going around and you shouldn't be yeah. Like you're just not in a good place to be trading. It's so hard to even then recognize that and be like, you know what? I'm yeah. going to do more damage. Yeah. If I try to trade through this. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Or you're like, you're like, you know, market opens and then like you're thinking about getting in a trade. And then like for me, like my kids are here, like I'm in my house, you know, so like kids run in and are like looking out the window in my office and like screaming about stuff. I'm like, this is a, this is a day I blow accounts, you know? Uh, and I, I think, I think the only way to learn that is to do it you know, and then see it. And then, um, like, I think we only really grow through that because of pain. So like, you know, you've like experienced the pain before and then you go, wow, like the pain of missing out on the market today is less painful than whatever I'm going to experience by engaging with it, you know? And mm. uh, so I, I think Does for it, me, that's been the case. Yeah. Do you think it helps to like track metrics or, uh, like actually like like, do you have any way of actually tracking like, okay, this is how I felt today. This is how I traded mm -hmm. today. This is, I do. Um, I do track a lot. Like I journal a lot, like probably an annoying amount. Um, but like, <laughs> like, ugh, yeah, like I put a lot out there for myself to see and, and read. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't do it necessarily to like go back and review. I kind of just do it so that I can see what I'm thinking on paper, you know, almost like an outlet. Just an outlet. Yeah, exactly. And like, then I can like leave it behind. So I track, I track my normal stats as well. Right. Like I try, you know, I upload mm -hmm. all my trades and then I like, I journal what I'm thinking, but I, I tend to do that towards like, I tend to deal with it in blocks. So I think the wrong way to journal with trading is like, oh, today, like I, you know, I, this little thing and that little thing, I think you want to be like working on something specific, like right now, like in your example is like, I'm trying to only trade when I can do it well, like don't put me out mm -hmm. on the court unless I'm in my A game. And right. so then you're just journaling only about that one thing for a while, you know, um, ah. and, you know, and so then you're just like, so like for me right now, part of the tight stops thing is like, it's irritating, like you said, to take six stops in a row. So like I'm journaling about my experience hitting, getting my stops hit, you know, mm -hmm. and like I had a, I had a ratio this morning of like eight to one. Right. So like, very high, you know, like great runners and getting stopped out a few times. Um, and, but, you know, being able to let those runners run, which is excellent, but I'll tell you what, like we're trading that high up into 95 and like taking stops up there is annoying. And so I, yeah. I like, I want to write down like, okay, cool. Like I got kind of irritated, uh, like with that many stops in a row and maybe it started to change my behavior. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to 
uh, you know, and I've, I've already done this once, but I'm going to do this like once today, but I'm going to continue to do this is I'm going to go out. Uh, I go to a quiet place or I go to my backyard. I sit under a tree and I just visualize myself taking those stops and getting really irritated. And what does that mm-hmm. feel like? And what does it feel like to stop? And how do I create some neural pathways to like get through that experience so that I can take those stops better next time. And I did fine, you know, like I made good decisions, but I want to reduce the irritation. I want to reduce the pain of that experience, you know, by, by putting myself there kind of outside of the court, like outside of, you know, outside of the actual game. I kind of, I like that idea. That's the first time I've heard somebody mention that, but you kind of try to live it without the consequences. Yeah. To, yeah. to just get, a, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be exactly the same thing as going through, you know, like a live trade, but Mm-mm. it should help, right? It, sh- it should help. Yeah, I think it helps a ton, you know, um, like I had mm-hmm. to go through that with impulse and I did a ton of impulse visualization and, and that really helped. Um, and I'm, I'm 90% less impulsive now. Can you explain how that, how that exercise worked with the, the impulse? Yeah. So like, for instance, right. So, well what do we all like to do? Like we all like to buy things that look like they're good to buy. Right. So whether that's too cheap or it's too high, you know, uh, we tend to like to engage in weird moments. And so what I would do is I would, I would just replicate the same experience. So like, let's say you had a gap up day Mm -hmm. and the market was, let's say, you know, like today and you have two scenarios that are likely, um, you know, you have fill the gap or you have gap and go. And so I would sit there and I would close my eyes and I would think through what does the gap and go look like? How do I confirm that trade? And how do I like, I would imagine myself taking a deep breath, big green candles, you know, on my tick chart. So I've got like a few candles stacking up. We come into a a level and I would just think through what does it look like to wait for a pullback? Where do I want to get involved in this thing? Do I want to get on it? Do I want to fade it? Right. What's the feeling? And so I would just work through that. Or for instance, um, Yesterday we had uh, we had a nice move and then we came down after the open and mm-hmm. you know and I I've done a ton of visualization where I have specific levels when we come down like we gap up like that or we have some sort of overnight buying like I want to engage at certain levels below the open only and so you know I visualize price coming down looking kind of good mm-hmm. and me not, and me not taking it because it wasn't quite at my level yet right and then I would visualize it coming back up through the open price showing me a bid and then looking for the next move. So, you know, you kind of visualize yourself not getting the opportunity that you want. Right. Ah, yes. And then like process, do you know what I'm saying? And then process through like, how am I going to behave this way? And then when you're in it and it's happening, you're like, no, no, no. Like I interact with it in this specific way. Yeah. You don't want the first time you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing to be when it matters. Yeah. Like when there's money on the line, you know what I mean? And then like, and you know, for me, I don't know how you guys are. For me, there's a lot more at risk each day than just money. Like there's like my mental state, like my ability to carry on with my family and my other work requirements and like Mm -hmm. uh, potentially interacting poorly with the market or being a person I don't want to be in the market makes me a person I don't want to be in real life. And so I want those things to really be. That's a great point. It's a really great point. Mm -hmm. Well said. That is, I actually have found myself struggling with that um, fairly recently. Uh, Mm. And I'm Mm -hmm. still, still trying to figure out how to actually cope with that. I have Mm. a bad day in the markets and then I'm not, you know, I'm not chatting with my wife. I'm not, uh, you know, sharing and and like, it's just like, she doesn't understand. Oh yeah, and she doesn't care. <laughs> why is he so cold today? Like he's just sitting there. Yeah. Why? Why, did, why is he drinking so much? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
what's uh like what does that look like i mean like what's the behavior if you can give kind of an idea of like what's what's the behavior that you're seeing where you're like oh i don't love it is it just taking a loss like part of your part of your normal stats or is it kind of outside of that it's 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 when i it's when i know i'm making bad decisions like i can live it's still painful, but it's easier to handle when I like take a trade and I look at it and when I go back and look at it and I say like, Oh, I see what I saw mm. with the information I had at the time. This was a good trade. It just didn't go my way. Mm-hmm. It's the ones where when I start going outside of that and then I find myself like, what was I thinking here? Mm. And then your mind just starts going into some really dark places sometimes. Like, Oh, it does. Yeah. The the swings from like I'm the best thing in the world to I'm the worst fucking person. Yeah. yeah. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. yeah. Look, if you yes. haven't cried at your desk, you're not trading. All right. Yeah. Like that's just the reality. <laughs> like I don't, I, don't think I, I don't I don't care how tough everybody wants to be. Like if you haven't cried at your desk, like you're not putting money out there. I don't give a shit. You know? I don't think I've ever actually shed actual tears, but I've yeah. felt like there's an empty hole in my chest a few yeah, times. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's very yeah. common. Uh that's uh, yeah. I know that feeling. Well, dude, I totally get it. I totally get that. And I mm-hmm. think, I think, um, you know, I mean, I've been in that experience, like, and I, I'm sure I'll have that experience still plenty out into the future, right? Like this isn't complete in any way, but um, I just, I'm really trying to channel what is that like? And is it, mm-hmm. <laughs> is it better? Like, I know that feeling's coming. You know what I mean? Like I know that experience right. is on the other side of these choices. Are these still the choices I want to make? And I think it only comes from time. Like, just like, uh, like you can tell when like the bid gets turned on, right? You can tell when like, mm-hmm. oh, like algos are running right now. That's only come from seat time. Like you can't, I don't know. You can't like read about that in a blog post and then like show up to the market and be like, oh, I'm right. I'm long because algos, you know? And I think, I think that's what makes a trader. I think going through those, that pain is what makes you actually capable of trading. Well, I mean, like we're in a a very unique position with starting this podcast and getting to talk to some just amazing, successful traders Mm -hmm. that have been more than willing to try to, you know, pour that information into our heads and still took, you know, years before we even have any semblance of hoping to be profitable. Totally. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's with somebody giving you all the information, like uh, trying to do that on your own when you don't even know what you don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of times in, information is like we we fa- we have this false understanding of information. You're like, well, I have the information. I should be able to do the thing. It's like, yeah, but you got zero skill, you know? Yeah. It's like, such yes. a skill. Listen, so, Junior, this is how you throw a fastball. Where's the 95 hit heater? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, like I got this twig arm, you know? I, it's I, totally different I, and no experience yeah. with it. I, I told you, rotate your hips. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how do I do that? <laughs> Stop hitting me, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's a whole nother issue. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's a whole nother. No, but trading is so much like that, though, right? Like, I think, yeah. again, we want to we want to see, like, there's a positive expectancy on this setup. Look at the, you know, this is how you do it. And then what we don't realize is, like, this is a skill, man. It's such a skill. And so I related a lot to some of the, like, extreme sports stuff that I've done, like mountain biking and rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And, like, and it's, you know, I got, like, for instance, like, I'm out here in the Rockies and I ride, like, with these extremely talented you know, like mountain bikers who are like bombing these crazy drops. And they're like, oh, you know, just drop your hips over the seat and like <laughs> lean back. And I'm like, are you ser- like, are you kidding me? Like, I can't, you know, like take me to the, and, and you know, it took me a long time, like to get yeah. comfortable with that. Just like, yeah, okay. I see you do it. That was cool. 
and I see the rock and I get how gravity works, but like this has nothing to do with me yet. I don't have the skill. And, and I think you have to really build that in with trading too. Well, good, good that you still have your self-preservation genes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, guys, I've taken I've taken a lot of falls over the over the handlebars uh, on that mountain bike, well, and we've all seen the guy that's like, uh, "Oh, that's how you do it." Okay, like yeah. this, and then <laughs> nope. <Totally. laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no. Okay, wow, wow. It's different when I do it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, what, you know, trading like you just have to be so okay with just being absolute garbage at something that you care a lot about, you know. And I think that's like that's a really hard thing. It's so hard, man. Like we care so much about it. And it's so, you know, the money's meaningful. Like the, the potential is meaningful. Um, and I think like, you know, and you, and then what you've got to like, just fail repeatedly into that. Like mm-hmm. that's what makes it so hard. What's uh, what are some of the things like you wish you had learned sooner? Mm. Like if you could go back and talk to yourself uh, in 2020, like what were some of the things that you'd tell yourself? <sighs> okay. I would say two things. Well, I'll just let me caveat that answer, because I feel like with the amount of information with the people that I've met along the way, like I just had so many great people reach out and give me such good information, Um, Mm -hmm. just really brilliant stuff. And, you know, stuff that 10 years ago wasn't available. So I'll just first I can't I can't answer that question without first saying, like, I'm so grateful for the information that is available. And I'm I'm like really thankful that it came fast, you know, so like Mm -hmm. some things that I learned were. You know, obviously, just like how markets move, uh, basic TNA stuff, like uh, technical analysis stuff, like basic order flow, like what what is absorption, whether you even actively trade it, that's helpful to just like know how markets move and like what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, then like there's a lot of good stuff. Like people are making psychology a focus. So like early on, I was reading, you know, Mark Douglas books and kind of moving through that. So I, I feel like I was really thankful for that. Um, I think the thing, I don't know if you guys have seen that video. I think this is this for me, for my personality, this was helpful. So I came into markets really wanting to do it right. And I think that's good. I think we all kind of probably do that, um, wanting to do Mm -hmm. it right, but it was a little too precious for me. Um, and I never, I mean, I have not had like some massive drawdown in my personal accounts, like things are okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of worked. That's great. And I'm really thankful for that. Uh, but there's a, there's the video of the guy drawing the graph, the uh, uh, the find out fuck around graph. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Oh, I think I, that's something that's been popping up recently, right? So funny. Yeah, I think I retweeted it from somebody. But like, I think I would have given myself permission to fuck around a little bit more. Really? Um, and just like, I mean, I know and I've been there and I've done all that. And like, I've I've kind of moved through that now. But I think I would have just said like, hey, man, like you're going to suck. Like, it's not going to be per- like all this preciousness that you're applying to it isn't re- like, like be bad, like be bad. And I think I, I think I came in wanting to be like, no, no, I want to be good from the start. And, and I don't know, maybe that's unique to me, but like, I, I'm sure there are people out there who feel the same way as like, I came in and the whole idea was really precious. You hear so many people like blow up so much stuff and like the failure rate is so high. And so I was like, right from day one, it was like, I'm not going to be that guy. Right. And I think that that's all good, but it's a lot of pressure. And so then I think you have to, I think I would have told myself, like, don't be so hard on yourself, like while you're learning to walk, you know? I think my worst days uh, typically come when I've been following my structure, my rules, like too mm. closely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that you mention mm-hmm. it, because it, it yep. almost feels like you just need a release. 
that's that's exactly the experience. Is like I'd have I'd have just like especially early on, like I'd stack up you know three weeks of all green days and then mm-hmm. and then blow it the next day, you know, and such Ugh. a boom and buster and. And it was because of that. It's because I had all this pressure on myself. It was like, look, maybe if you were like just a little shittier the other days, you'd have kept the money on that day, you know, but you're so precious about it all. Right. So, you know, that was, that was a big thing for me, man. So that's what I would totally say. Yeah. Yeah. Being okay with losing. That's a, that's a hard thing to get a, your, wrap oh. your head around, but it's something you know, that you have to, I mean, 40% win rate I means 60% losers. Yes. Yes. And like, how do you react with those losers? Like, do you lose hope? Like if you're, you know, some people come in and they're asking questions to the market every time they put on a trade, like, who am I? Like, am I good enough? Am I able to do this? You know, and that 40% win rate ain't going to work if you're always looking for validation in the market. So um, it's super tough. It's a super complicated item. Yeah. One of the things that I've started doing that's been actually keeping me out of some shitty trade. That was one of the points I was trying to remember earlier. Is when I look at something and I get that thought that pops up that says like, oh, oh, I want to try this out. Like, mm-hmm. then I look at it again and I tell my, I ask myself like, what am I expecting out of this? Like, what's the best mm. case scenario? Mm. Mm-hmm. And if the, if the mm-hmm. risk to reward isn't right there, like, like okay, best case is it comes down to these rotations and that's like mm-hmm. three points away from where my entry would be. Like, what's the point? Why do mm. I want this so bad? Yep. Yeah. You know what? I'll catch it on the way back up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, that's it's. Ugh. Yeah. So tough. It's so tough. Um, the losing thing is so tough and, uh, like kind of giving yourself the space to do it and then asking the right questions when you enter into a trade. And, and again, you know, like we got all these tools, like Mm -hmm. I know you guys do stuff with like OFL, like I'm in there with those guys and they just like have created awesome tools. Um, you know, like I have every reason to succeed. And usually the reason I don't succeed is because I'm asking the wrong questions. Like I'm in the wrong state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the tools. It's not the strategy. It's the, it's the person behind the mouse. Yep, totally. Yep, it's my fault. Yeah, I think that was uh, something you actually tweeted a, a couple days ago. Mm. When you're mm-hmm. winning, it's you. When you're losing, it's you. Yeah, yeah. It's been a massive realization for me over the last few weeks. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was just kind of piggybacking on something I saw and, and I loved. And I didn't realize that, like... I think uh, Duke put out a tweet about that and it's like really powerful. It's this powerful idea where we're always looking for a new, you know, looking for a new indicator. You're looking for like a new read on the footprint chart or Mm -hmm. whatever. Oh, like, let me just like study the TPO more. or Let me, let me learn about, I don't know, yield curves or VIX. I don't even know. Like it's my clicking. Like, do I trust myself? Am I worthy of giving myself money? Um, well, we still got a little bit of time left. Should we, uh, I want to hear more about your studio and like, uh, what you do with animation. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I've been doing that for a long time, guys. Like I, I have a fine arts degree, um, which is actually, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of helpful with trading like we've talked about and, and, um, even like you can approach the market creatively, but, uh, sometimes that creativity is unhelpful in the market. So that's an interesting problem. Um, but yeah, I've been doing this for a while. I've, I've worked on some movies. Um, I worked on, uh, worked on some. Ice Age movies. I worked on Life of Pi. Uh, yeah, I did all that, and it was really good. It was really positive. Like that was kind of my big dream. You know, it's like get in and. Mm-hmm. Did you do the ac- were you the guy who did the squirrel and the acorn? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely did some. I did some of the sloth, uh, the, the sloth with the eyeballs that are different sizes. You know, and and it was a good oh, time. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So pretty wild. Yeah. I um 
Loved it. I loved it. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, though, you know, you get into that and you're working 100 hour weeks. And and, uh, you know, once you pay back your student loans, you're like, well, what's next? You know, <laughs> right. Uh, and so I think trading is interestingly high performance, you know, in the same way. I, I know people probably don't think of that when you go to like creative stuff. But, uh, you know, everybody wants a seat at those film studios. Everybody mm. wants your chair. And so you're showing up and performing. And so um, like I was working on Life of Pi and like we, before meetings, they would say, like, don't show your work unless it's Oscar worthy. And it was like, oh, oh OK, oh, OK. okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and just set that standard now. Oh, yeah, <laughs> guys, like, is that for real? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so it's tough. It was, but it was really good. And uh, I loved that. So, so trading in a lot of ways is the same. And uh, so they set that high expectation of like, don't show it unless it's Oscar worthy. And then you show it and they're like, like they rip it to shreds, you know, um, it's mm -hmm. like very, very critical. Uh, it's like, this is not at all up to this. I mean, they're nice, but you just end up with rejection a lot. And um, yeah. It took me a long time to get comfortable with that um, in my creative. Do you think fields. those experiences helped you when you when you did uh, move into trading? Oh my gosh, yeah! Like honestly, I don't know how people try to learn that kind of rejection. Like the level of rejection that's required in trading, I don't know how you learn it with like actual money on the line in a binary event like trading. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so hard. It's so much easier when you can like you can go back and fix it. Do you know what I mean? Like right. If if you got stopped out and then they, they could be like, well, where would you actually put your stop in your entry? And you're like, Oh, I guess I'd put it here. Like that would be much easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me a time machine. That'd be amazing. Totally. It'd be amazing. You know, and like when you're, <laughs> when you're making a, you're making a movie, they're like, this is absolute garbage. You're like, okay, cool. Let me go back to my desk and I'll fix it. I'll make it good. I, I promise. And uh, you know, you could do that. So it's, I don't know. How, it's so hard. It's so hard to do it in trading. Well, is it at least constructive? Like, do they show you like, they give you ideas of like what to approve or they just tell you it's trash and get the fuck out of here? Oh, it just, it depends, man. It depends. Like usually the bigger the movie, actually the cooler people are like the, Oh really? More, yeah. The more helpful they are, like the smaller the movie, the more like insecure and like bigger egos there are. Because uh, the, yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? And so they're, they're too good for the, the mainstream. Yeah, exactly. And they're that just mentality. like, Totally. Yeah. It's that. And they're like some, they have a lot to prove and um, it's, it gets really like the human element is pretty high there as well, just like it is in trading. Um, well, it kind of makes sense too, though. I just think about it. Like is like a smaller project is going to end up probably being more like a passion project, right? Totally. Like there's going to be a lot more emotional attachment to that oh, as man. opposed to like a big budget. Like this is a mm -hmm. job and we're here to yeah. execute. Yeah, that's you you nailed it. That's exactly it. And it's so it's so precious to the director to like have everything the way they want. Let's in their head. It's like, dude, you're going to have to let it go. Like you're handing this to, you know, 200 people who are going to build it and it's going to turn out differently than you expected, but you you know, it's going to be some turbulence. What's what's that saying you was you were telling me Dan about uh, the making a movie, you make three different movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the movie that's written becomes a new movie when it gets sold, and then it becomes a new movie when it gets made. Yeah, oh my gosh. There's like, the final thing is like, looks nothing like the original thing, except for maybe they're the same type of animal if it's a cartoon, you know? My, my favorite example is uh, Julia Roberts' Pretty Woman was a really gritty drama when it was written. <laughs> really? Yes, that's absolutely. Funny. The screenplay was like yeah. a really gritty, gut-wrenching drama about this prostitute trying to find a better life, and it becomes a romantic comedy. And then they got Richard Gere. 
Yeah. Who's like the epitome, the epitome of adultery. Yeah. 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 Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You end up, you end up having to like work with the pieces you got. You're like, all right, those are the actors. Then you're like, okay, here's the crew. And like, this is, these are the locations we can get. And then you end up Mm -hmm. like, here's how it tests, you know, like it tests poorly here and it tests well here. And like it, it evolves into something completely different. Yeah. How, how often is the person who writes the movie like on board when the movie gets made? Because I see a lot of times like the scripts get passed off for rewrites to like completely different people. Yeah. Usually the right, the whoever came up with it originally kind of has nothing to do with it later on. Like they sell the rights and they're happy and like sitting on the beach. I was just going to say, I know these days it's, it's all written by committee. Nobody like writes a script mm-hmm. and, and gets yeah. it made anymore, especially with animated movies. Like Pixar's got a team of writers. Oh that, gosh. That just on salary. Yeah. They just write. Mm. Yeah. That's exa- when you see like screenplay by, unless their name carries over into something else, like they, they were happy to, let the committee take over. And, you know, it's, I'll be honest with you guys, filmmaking is such a, there's some films that come out that are great, but it's really lost a lot of its adventure. You know, like, what do we got? We got like every, you know, 80% of movies or sequels are based on something else. Like where's the adventure here? You know? Yeah. Um, It's like, nobody's willing to take a risk in, in that big, now, you know, it's Hollywood so big. It's like, like we can't take risks. Like we're such a big machine. Yeah. I mean, a risk is going to cost you $150 million. (laughs) Totally. You know, and that's like, you know, so where's the creativity there? Like, where's the ability to like, you know, build something new and like try something out. And, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, it's very difficult. Um, and you are, you're part of that big machine, very out of your control. That's why I got so mad when Rings of Power sucked. It was like, come on, you spent so much money, you put it through the machine. Oh. How come you put out a crap? I can't even bother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did it not get better? <laughs> like Lord of the Rings, like the original, you know, it's like such a risk. It's such like an adventure to make that film and make those films. And, uh, you know, you see all that, like the human mind really pays attention when there's something on the line and, and like we're in, like we're spearing into the unknown. And I think that's mm-hmm. such like a beautiful thing. Like that's where we really do our best work is when we're like alert and making something that's not been made before. And and then you go, cool, like let's make it an industry. Well, was Lord of the Rings really that big of a risk though? No, I mean, it really wasn't. It, Cause I mean, there's a huge, huge fan base. Um, and uh, you got a, sex, a su- successful book series going on it. Yeah. I mean like hunger games, like that, uh, those yeah. are set up to succeed. Harry Potter. Yeah, you're right. Especially hunger games and Harry Potter, but like, you know, I mean the size, like the scale and the state of visual mm-hmm. effects at the time, like they definitely were out. They were out over their skis for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, there's no way they could have like, nobody would have taken a risk that big from an effect side, from a story side, like from a character scope side, if they didn't have books to base it on already. So, you know, it just would have been way too much risk. It mitigated some of it. Yeah. yeah, having like yeah, having that fan base said like, hey, we can we can kind of push this a little bit. So, so in my opinion, what, what's the latest? What latest movie uh, is was the biggest risk? Like, what was the biggest mm-hmm. risk that come out lately? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, that's such a hard question. I have I have no idea even where to where to go with that one. To be honest with you, I mean, there's some movies that I liked um, that I thought were interesting, but um, guys, I've just kind of been trading the last two years. I know, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just curious. I should watch this TPO chart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I honestly, so I work in this business. I, I work on it all day. Like I'm, uh, we're doing, we do video game work too. So like done a lot of like call of duty and like league of legends stuff and, um, some pretty big projects there. And, and I do that. And then honestly, like every other moment is set in replay. So, uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> 
watching a lot of replay, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think because I go to the movies a lot. I really love the big screen experience. Mm -hmm. I love stories told visually. I love the art. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm trying to think of a movie that wasn't already some book, already, you know, some Mm. comic book. You know, I'm trying to think of one that I've gone and seen uh, within the last couple of years. And I can't I can't think of one. Uh, maybe what was mm. Knives Out? Was that a book? Was that an original one? I don't know, dude. I love Knives Out. That was great. Um, I don't know. That was a good movie, though. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Oh, uh, you know, that was super fresh. Yeah. What was that one with uh, Ryan Reynolds where he was an NPC in a video game? Oh, oh NPC. I, I think. Oh, <laughs> uh, was that NPC Man or something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But that, that's a. I don't remember what it's called. That one I thought was really good. Huh. Yeah, that was new. That was fresh. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if that was written by, yeah. but again, was that a book or not? I don't think so. Yeah. But if you remember, I had that idea 10 mm. years before. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm predisposed to liking that. Free one. guy. That was what it was. All right. Yeah. Free guy. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Andrew, well, if you can do uh, us a favor and pass on to, to the people that you work with that we'd like to see fresh ideas and, yeah. and not same old rehashed. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it, guys. I'm, I'm pretty used to rejection, guys. I'll definitely throw that out there. You got that done. Uh, Sweet. I got it done. Yeah, yeah. Emails, emails written. What, what can we do for him in exchange for that, Dan? What can, what can we offer? Um, uh, camaraderie <laughs> we can, and companionship. We can pledge to take our families to that movie when it comes out. I think that's the best we can do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think you know what they're going to see that as highly valuable. Definitely. Yes, they yeah. should. Yeah. Because when was the last time I went to a movie theater? I don't yeah, know. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I've been going and they're pretty empty. It's it's pretty barren mm-hmm. landscape these days. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? You know what? Maybe this is the best time to go see movies, you know? Oh, yeah. I can be on my phone the whole time and nobody complains. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the best. Yeah. What did we just yeah. see? We just went and saw, um, what was that? Bullet Train? That was fun. I liked Bullet Train. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys see that one? I am not familiar with that one. Yeah, it's the Brad Pitt kicking ass on a train. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, and the like, theater was pretty empty, but I'm kind of into the empty theater thing. That's like kind of a... That's my favorite. I like... Yeah. I'm an uh, introvert by nature, so... Yeah. If I can get if I can get the theater to myself, yeah, I'd love to go to it. It's yeah, one yeah. That I, I'm sitting packed arm to arm with other people. Like, nah, there's too many people that. here. Go away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. This is the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. People like yeah. you are killing the industry, Kyle. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> the screen TV and VR was the worst thing to happen for movie theaters. Oh, oh right. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I, can just, I can just put a headset on and watch a movie and it feels like I'm at a theater. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they'll fare. I don't know. I'm sure they'll do fine. You know, I'm sure like the best ones will pull through and all that sort of stuff. Like, well, it's not good for theaters, but I mean, the content is still going to get made. It's yeah. You know, the demand for that is, I, I can't imagine it's ever going to go away. Yeah. Like 2020 for the, I mean, t- 2008, you know, it's like at first it was like, uh Oh, <laughs> right. You know, everything's blown up. And then everybody's like, Instead of Hawaii, we're going to see movies. And so I was like crazy busy, like totally, you know, it was nuts. And then same thing with 2020, obviously, like everybody's like, what's going on? And we just, we just got hammered with work, right? Because everybody's mm-hmm. like at home playing video games and watching TV and the budgets just went crazy. So, yeah. Is there anything really exciting coming out? Um, you know, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, again, like I'm so in the, in the like trenches with it. Well, I meant uh, what you're working on. Like, if there's anything that you've got coming up that you think is going to be good. Ah, uh, no. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, said, I mean, I'm like, I'm like working on, uh, I'm working on a bunch of stuff for Riot uh, Games right now. So it's like, it's big stuff. It's people, people know it. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's not like uh, we, you know, it's not that exciting. We did, um, we did a couple of series for Netflix called Love, Death, and Robots that were pretty good. Um, like pretty, pretty oh, weird. Sounds familiar. The, the Netflix stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was pretty different. Like we were able to be pretty creative there and do some pretty weird stuff. So um yeah, Netflix, Love Death and Robots. We did um we did like a few episodes in each series, um, which was cool. I mean, you know, parts of episodes in each series. It gets parsed mm-hmm. out. Like if you work on a movie for like nine months and then you walk away with like a minute of work, you're like like you think you're yeah. a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still like I I bring it up in conversation. I'm like, you know, I did uh, did like a minute of Life of Pi. Get ready. And people are like, oh, I, my question would be, which minute? <laughs> I want to I go find it. Like, which minute? Let me see. Right. Was it was it the tiger? Was it the fish? I did some ti- I did some, <laughs> If you go watch it, if you go watch it, when the kid first gets in the boat off the big boat, he's in the little lifeboat. I did mm-hmm. a bunch of, I did about a minute in there. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, when he first gets in the boat, I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. find that on YouTube and link that in the episode description. Yeah. Go, go give it a, go give it a look. Yeah. All <laughs> the animals. Yeah. It's like a, a, I mean, the animals uh, next to a kid in a pool, you know? Right. Nine months of your life for that minute. Nine months, like at, you know, 80 to a hundred hours a week. So, yeah. so wow. intensive. Pretty. Yeah. yeah. So then you're like, you walk away just like in a daze, like you're just, so which is harder than trading or or that? Um, man, uh, I don't know. I think I picked yeah. up trading faster. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think the fact that you can't answer that question is uh, <laughs> an answer in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, I tra- like trading's hard, right? Trading's always hard. Yeah. Now, now my like day job, like you know, I'm like I'm pretty good at it, so I just kind of do it. Um, but when I mm-hmm. first started, I mean, the first seven years of it were just a nightmare, you know, of like teetering between like this, I'm never going to get it. And like, I think I can maybe do this probably. And so trading feels so similar to that. It feels like I'm, yeah. you know, you oscillate between like, I'm never going to get this. Like I'm a total moron and like, I'm a hopeless case. And then you're like, you know, I think I might. And then you're like, you get a couple winners and you feel like a big dog. And then like, this is, this is the dream. I'm going to do it forever. And then you it's, take a couple It's the losses. same thing that keeps you coming back to golf. You get yeah, one yeah. good shot around and you're like, yeah. oh, I just got to do that every time. And then totally. it's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that lie that we tell ourselves <laughs> that keeps us, keeps us on the addiction wheel. Yeah. All right, well, Andrew, uh, where, can, where can people find you if they want to they follow you? Good. Just check me out. Wasatch Squatch. Wasatch underscore Squatch on, uh, on Twitter, Bigfoot. And uh, I'm over there posting nonsense most days. Yeah, trying to keep myself out of trouble <laughs> on the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. I see a lot of good stuff coming from you. Right on, yeah. man. I appreciate that. And we'll probably have to get you back so we can actually discuss Bigfoot. Cause <laughs> yeah, like what is that? Right? story by the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll save <laughs> it for the next one. I won't give it away. We yeah, should exactly. We should also tap you for our roundtable square traders stuff that we do. Yes, yes. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, we'll definitely put you on, was, the, uh, on the list yeah. there. Yeah, I'd love to do that. I love it. It's, you know... Mm-hmm. One of the things where you start making connections, new connections for people is just like so exciting. So, mm. yeah. Yes. Love it. All right. All right, Dan, close us up. 
Well, folks, thanks for sticking around to the end. We hope you learned something and had a good time. I know I did. Thank you again, Andrew, for coming by the shop. This has been fucking fantastic, man. Seriously, great stuff. Mm. Uh, great time having yeah. you here. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is a blast. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah well, for some reason, people like talking to us. We still haven't figured out why. <laughs> still haven't figured it out. <laughs> as, long as, it, as long as they keep coming, we'll, we'll keep doing it. <laughs> And on that note, folks, we will be back at you soon. So check us out in any of our splendid upcoming episodes. Share, like, rate, subscribe, all the good stuff. Until next time, though, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.